0: Good morning. I'm grateful to be here. I'm glad to see all of you here. And I'm glad that there's still shade on this side of the... (laughs) So thank you, Jesus, for that. If you have your Bibles, if you please open to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And Trevor read verses 1 through 5, and we're going to look from verses 14 through 21. So Isaiah chapter 43, verses 14 through 21. And children, remember that the key word is walking, and the the title of today's sermon is Walking Together. And we're going to be looking a little bit closer at walking together with the Lord so that we can grow closer in knowing him and follow his lead in walking together with people. So as you can tell, we're not in our sermon series in 1 Corinthians, but today we're going to be highlighting and looking at an area of ministry that the Lord has been opening up for us. That as we've walked together with him, as we've walked together with each other, there are some new things that he has opened up, specifically in the area of support groups. And as I read through this passage, I want you to think about and listen for what the Lord says about himself and about what he says about his people. So Isaiah 43, verses 14 through 21. If you'll please stand for the reading of God's word. Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent to Babylon and will bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans, into the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army, and the mighty man. They will lie down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a way, make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert." The beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I form for myself will declare my praise. Okay, please join me in prayer. Thank you, Father God, for giving us this day that we can look at your word, that we can gather before you, that we can um, just to learn about what you've been doing in our church and just giving you praise for the things that you're doing. I pray, God, that you will meet us during this time. I pray, God, that uh, whatever it is you want to be communicated will be clear. And Lord, that you'll use this time again to draw us closer to you. And Lord, that we'll be the people that you call us to be and that we will just glorify you with our lives. So we lift up and commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. I want you to think about what was it like a year ago, March 2020. Now for me, one of the first things that comes to mind is that I got to preach. It's been like a year since I got to preach here at church. But because of the pandemic, because of government shutdowns, We couldn't gather together right there in the sanctuary. And so on March the 21st, Saturday, in my living room, I recorded um, the message. I recorded it, sent it to Garrett Inouye, and Garrett put it all together so that he can show it on March the 22nd. So that's one thing that comes to mind. The following Sunday, I officiated the wedding of my youngest daughter and my new son-in-law. And what was supposed to be a gathering for a wedding at a nice venue with around 100 people turned out to be a wedding. Again, in our living room with six people, the members of our family, and our dog. And I was thrilled that our dog got to attend her first wedding. (laughs) She was the... uh, ring bearer and the flower girl, by the way. And the wedding party watched via Zoom. And at that time, I really didn't know much about what Zoom was. And I was hoping that it was all going to work, that the wedding party was going to be able to watch it. And even in that unusual circumstance, the Lord really blessed the time. I mean, I'm biased, but I thought it was one of the best weddings that I had been to. (laughs) But ministry here at church, as you can tell, has been definitely different and some of the things that I used to take for granted, uh, we couldn't do anymore because of all the different uh, regulations of not gathering, such as prayer ministry over on the south side of the sanctuary. I, you know, we couldn't do that anymore. I miss that. Or pay, praying for people in the prayer ministry rooms over there in E1. miss doing that too. Our life group, our branch, we couldn't meet on Wednesday night at the Takayamas. And, you know, it used to be such a great time that we can gather for worship and and fellowship and Bible study and prayer. And especially, you know, we got to have all these delicious snacks. We couldn't do that anymore. But now we have live stream and Zoom, things that we've heard about and had to get used to doing. And I don't know about you, but, you know, we've had to learn how to be careful when we turn our cameras on and when we turn them off, when we keep them off. And also we had to learn about Unmuting ourselves when he wanted to say something. So living life and doing ministry has definitely been different this year. That we've had to get used to doing things different. We had to get used to different. As I thought about doing how ministry has changed and doing ministry different, one passage that came to mind was Isaiah chapter fourteen or Isaiah chapter forty-three, verse nineteen. In the beginning of Isaiah forty three nineteen, God says, Behold, I will do something new. And in verse 19, we see that the Lord was definitely going to do something new for the people of Israel. God says in verse 19, Behold, I will do something new. Now it, now it will spring forth. But then he adds this line. Will you not be aware of it? Will you not be aware of it? And this made me wonder. If God was going to do something new in my life, or in the ministry that I was doing, or if there was something that he wanted me or us to do that was new and different than before, if there was something that he wanted us to do that was going to be different than what we usually did in the past, would I or would we even be aware of what he's doing, or would we be oblivious to all of that? Now, at the start of the pandemic, we're not able to meet in person. We're not able to meet here at church. Uh, Being in a new, different season, I wondered, what, Lord, do you want us to do? And I believe that for us to be aware of what the Lord is doing, we need to walk together in close relationship with the Lord so that we can know him better, we can follow his lead in walking together in relationship with other people as well. And this theme is not something new. This is something I feel like the Lord reminds me of over and over again for many, many years. So what what I want to do is look. uh, let's look a little closer at the passage in Isaiah 43. And this was written to a people who were not walking closely with the Lord. Yet in spite of this, it seems like the Lord is trying to remind the people that if they want to be aware of what he's doing, they needed to be reminded of who God is, and who they are, and also their relationship with him. So, if we look at this passage, we're really going to notice there's a distinct personal relationship between God and his people. So, let's look at, at Isaiah 43, beginning with verse 1, where uh, Trevor had read before. And I want us to think about, as we read through this, as we look at this, we're not going to necessarily read through every verse— but what does God say about himself, and what does, what does God say who his people are? So let's first look at what does God say about himself. If you're looking at your um, Sermon Notes app, that's one of your points there. And remember that you know, when you want to be in a relationship with someone, and, and especially if you want to be in a close relationship with someone, you, know, you really got to get to know the person I mean, know know them not just shallow, superficial, but to get to know them on a deeper level. So I think that God wants his people to know him and to be reminded of who he is. So if we looked at verse 1, it says this. And think about again, what is God saying about himself? What is he saying about uh, who his people are? Isaiah 43, 1 says, "'But now thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel.'" Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So, let's start first with who or what does God say about himself? what does God say about Himself? Who is God? In verse one, God, sa- God says about Himself that He is the Lord. He's the Creator who formed them. And I'm just going to go down to verse 2. And if you look in your app, if it's on the screen as well, for those watching in the live stream, um, I wrote these out for you so you don't have to worry about writing them all down. Okay? So verse 1, again, God is the Lord. He's the creator who formed them. Verse 2, it says that he will be with them. Verse 3, he's the Lord their God, the Holy One of Israel. He is the Savior. Then skip down to verse 14, God says that he is the Lord, your Redeemer, and again, the Holy One of Israel. Verse 15, God says about himself that he is the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. So those are just the things that God is telling the people, this is who I am. Now, the next point, what does God say about who his people are? Who are, who are his people as, as God uh, defines them, as he says who, who they are? Okay, back to verse 1 again. Okay. God says that they are ones who are created and formed by God. They are redeemed by God. God made a way for them and for us to be brought back into relationship with him. God has called them by name. They belong to the Lord. He says of his people, you are mine. I mean, to me... That is an awesome thought when he says, you are mine, that we are, that he thinks of us in that way, that we belong to him. He, we are belonging to him. Verse two, God's people are ones who God will be with them in a difficult time. That's a good thing to know. Verse four, God's people are precious in God's sight. They are honored by God. They are loved by God. God says to his people, I love you. That feels good when, when someone says, I love you, but especially the Lord, our God, says to us that He loves us. Verse 5 God's people are ones who, in times of fear, God tells them, I am with you. Then, skipping down to verse 20, God's people are, are called His chosen people. Verse 21 God's people are ones who are formed by God, a people who would declare God's praise. After he tells them about who he is, after he tells them about who they are, as he sees them, he reminds them of something that happened. So let's look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, thus says the Lord, who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. What does that sound like? God is reminding the people of what he did in the exodus when he freed his people from the hands of the Egyptians. In Exodus chapter 14, we read that God parted the Red Sea so that the people of Israel can pass through on dry ground. Okay, let's look back again at Isaiah forty three seventeen. Verse 17 says, Who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the mighty man? They will lie down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. What does that sound like? Verse 17 is a reminder that the Egyptian army, when the waters of the Red Sea were open, the people of Israel passing through on dry ground, the Egyptian army chased after them. And what happened? The parted Red Sea came back flowing over them, and they died. So the Egyptians all died, and that's what this is referring to. Imagine if you were the people of Israel. You heard about who God says he is. You hear about who who he says that you are. And then he reminds you of this incident that happened, and you think, oh, yeah, that's right, Lord. You parted the Red Sea. People walk, the people of Israel walked through it. You got rid of the Egyptians when the water came over them. How would you have felt? So maybe when they heard this, they might have gotten all excited. They might have gotten all fired up about, wow, well, yeah, Lord. Do that again, Lord. I want you to do that again. Uh, do to the Babylonians, Lord, what you did to the Egyptians. This time, Lord, part the Euphrates River. And swallow up the Babylonians as you parted the Red Sea and swallowed up the Egyptians. And as they are thinking about this, they maybe they're getting excited about what had happened, what they're reminded of. Well, how does the Lord respond? What does he say to the people as he reminds them of this? Okay, let's look at verse 18. It says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. This is not telling the people to forget what the Lord did in freeing the people from the Egyptians. But in a sense, it's telling the people, don't get stuck on what happened before or how things have been done in the past. I have a quote there in your uh, notes and on the screen too, where uh, I like how this one commentator put it. It's, uh, he wrote this, we must reflect on the past with gratitude and with stimulated faith, but not to allow it to stereotype our expectations from God. So not allow it to uh, stereotype our expectations of God. Again, not to get stuck on what happened in the past and how God did something in the past. That God might want to do something in a new and different way. We just need to uh, look for how he's leading and to follow his lead. I'm also reminded, as I was thinking about this too, I was reminded of uh, Moses and God telling Moses how to get water to flow from a rock. The people of Israel were, were thirsty, they're complaining to Moses. In Exodus 17, God tells Moses to strike a rock with his rod, his staff, and water will come out. So Moses did that. He struck the rock, water came out of the rock. Then we read in Numbers 20, A similar situation. The people of Israel, again, are complaining. They want water. Okay, they're thirsty. Moses uh, was told by the Lord to do something different to get the same result, to do something different. The Lord told Moses to speak to the rock, to speak to the rock, not strike the rock, for the water to come out, for the water to drink. But Moses didn't follow what the Lord said, and he went by the old way. He struck the rock. Instead of speaking to the rock, water still came out. But not following the Lord's way got Moses into big trouble and had major, major consequences for him. He didn't get to go in the promised land. Okay, back to Isaiah 43. So why doesn't God want his people to get stuck on how, he's, on how he did things in the past? Uh, the Lord says again in verse 19, Behold, I will do something new. Behold, I will do something new. I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Will you not be aware of it? God was going to do something new in a different way. And I wonder, when I was reading that, I was wondering too. Will you and I be aware of what the Lord is doing in this season and for whatever comes next. Maybe he wants us to do the things we're doing to keep doing what we're doing, but maybe he wants us to do something new. But how can we be aware of what the Lord is going to do? I think one of the ways that we can be aware of what the Lord is doing is by walking together in close relationship with the Lord. And what are some ways we can do this? Okay, and again, what I have listed in your notes there is not an exhaustive list, but these are some thoughts that came to mind. So, again, maybe he wants us to do um, something new and different, or maybe what we're doing in a different way. But how are we going to know this? One is by Roman numeral one walking together with the Lord. As I already mentioned, as we looked at Isaiah 43, just like in any relationship, if you want to grow in a relationship, you have to work on getting to know um, the people or the person that you want. You have to spend time to grow closer in that relationship, to know the person, to really know them, not just superficially. So walking together with the Lord and growing in relationship with him. One way we can do this is by being in the word of God. Being in the word of God. That's the best place we can know about God. Clear way we can know about God. Who he is. We can know who God is. We can know who he says we are. We can know what he wants us to do. And another point I'm going to add that's not on your notes there. um, So that we will know who he calls us to be. Who he calls us to be. Okay, what else can we do to walk together with the Lord? I think in your notes it's number one point again. So the second number one point. Okay, we can come to Jesus relationally. We can come to Jesus relationally and not because it's a religious exercise that we know we're supposed to do. Okay, and I've been really trying to work on this a lot, really trying to look at my relationship with God as a personal uh, relationship and not just, okay, I got something done, check it off. In our life group, in our branch, at the beginning of this of the year, we decided to ask the Lord individually for like a verse for twenty twenty one. And so people shared different verses they thought the Lord was sharing with them. And for me the verse the Lord shared with me was Revelation 320. And Revelation 320 says where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Okay, and again that is a, a time where it's supposed to be like having a meal with a close, intimate friend. It's not just a quick-to-go kind of, you know, fast fast meal. It's like sitting down with a friend eating a meal. Okay. So this is Jesus coming together with us. So the way I felt like the Lord was leading me to do this in, in trying to remember this verse in relationship to the Lord and not just remember it in January and forget it the rest of the year. Okay, one way I've tried to do this is that when I come and spend time with the Lord, it's like I come before the Lord. I have a desk in the living room, looking out the window. And I picture this. I picture Jesus knocking on the door. I open the door and say, welcome, Jesus. Good morning, Jesus. Welcome. Come on in. We give ourselves a handshake. We give ourselves a hug. And then and then the next point. Okay. The next point. Okay. The third number one point. Okay. Share with him what's on your heart. Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is sharing that. After the after opening the door, welcoming Jesus into my day, instead of just going through uh, my list of prayer requests, um, I share with the Lord what's on my heart. It's like, how are you doing? I feel like the Lord. You know, I'm hearing the Lord say, oh, I, I'm 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 coming to the Lord as if He's asking me, how are you doing? to. I'll think about how am I doing. Okay, if things are going well, I could tell him about that. But if there's something that's causing me worry or anxiety, I want to share that with him. I want to get personal with him in talking about these different things. I'll spend some time doing that, and then I could get to my prayer list. So making our time relational and not just a religious exercise. Okay, number four, stay closely connected to Jesus. Stay closely connected to Jesus or stay yoked to Jesus. Matthew 11, 29 and 30 says, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, a yoke, Y-O-K-E, is like this wooden beam that attaches two oxen together as they pull like a cart or a plow or something. And usually, so it's like a wooden beam Usually you'll have like a mature oxen with a younger oxen. I read about this. You have a mature oxen and a younger oxen. The mature oxen sort of like is teaching the younger oxen what to do. And so in the same way, we're walking together with Jesus, yoked him, connected to him. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up and little, you know, sometimes when you, you know, you have your buddies, you know, you sort of put your arms around each other's shoulder and you walk together like that. It's sort of like being like that. You're yoked, you're connected together. Jesus is the mature one. We're the younger ones. And staying closely connected, being yoked to Jesus, is so that we can be, and these are where you have some blanks in your notes, led by him, led by him, learn from him, learn from him, be directed by him, and to go at his pace. Led by him, learn from him, be directed by him, and to go at his pace at his pace. Number 5, we can grow in walking we can grow in walking as Jesus walked. Grow in walking as Jesus walked. The next point. John 5:19 and beginning of 20. When I think of walking together with Jesus, I think of this verse a lot. One of my favorite verses John five nineteen says, truly, truly, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he, see, he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the father, verse 20a, for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. So walking together with the Lord is, is doing what the Lord is doing. It's being aware of him, knowing what's on his heart, and doing what he's doing. Uh, one is, there's a book by Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God, one of my favorite books. He describes, he describes it like this. He says, Seeing what the Father is doing and joining him in it. Seeing what the Father is doing and joining him in it. So walking close together with the Lord So we can follow his lead in walking together with people. Okay, Roman numeral number two, walking together with people. Walking together with people. And it wasn't meant to be, I made a mistake, it's supposed to be all filled in, but instead it's all blank. But it's walking together with people. So with COVID-19, the pandemic, government shutdowns, regulations, not being able to meet at church, what did God want us to do? In some ways, I was thinking about, this is sort of like it reminds me of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. Do we take that talent, what God has given us, and do we bury it in the ground and not do anything? Or do we try to do something with what God has given us? And the other thing is, I think that in some ways during this pandemic, especially at the beginning, we might have gotten used to isolating ourselves, of being just inside, not interacting with people, especially not interacting with people face to face. Mark Dever, in his book called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church, writes this, But for those who are confessing Christians, what does it mean to live the Christian life? Do we live the Christian life alone? Is it merely a matter of our individual, isolated virtues or spiritual disciplines that we work on? The fact that we're honest at work, that we don't cheat on our spouse, that we believe certain things to be true? And then he continues, Maybe you know that, that maybe you know that the Christian life is is to include others. Christianity is a corporate matter and the Christian life can be fully realized only in relationship to others. The duties and responsibilities church members have toward one another summarize the life of the new society that is the church. As followers of Jesus Christ Christians are obliged to one another, then he ends with Christians are members of one family, even one another. And so the next point is one another's. There are numerous times that the Bible talks about one another mentioned. There are at least three of these that we're trying to do in these new ministries that we're doing now um, that the Lord has led us to start uh, during this pandemic time. The first one is to love One another. The word love goes in the blank, to love one another. John 13, 34 to 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, most of the time, you know, we can love in a certain way, but I know for myself, It's not always easy to love everybody the way the Lord wants us to. So, in a lot of ways, when he asks us to love one another, you know, we can ask the Lord, Lord, help me to love like you love. I can't love, maybe I can't love this one person the way you want me to. So, Lord, help me to love like you love. So, the first point, love one another. I should say, not in our support groups, though. We love to be one of our support groups. Okay, the second point, to encourage one another. The second point, encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 If it sounds familiar, Pastor Mako read this verse at the end of service last week. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. So we we come to one another trying to build up, to encourage, to strengthen each other. And then the third one another, to pray for and with one another, to pray for and with And with one another. There's two passages there at Ephesians 6:18 and James 5:16. I'm just going to read the James passage. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So, a year ago, around a year ago, with in-person meetings and gatherings shut down, what were the new things the Lord wanted us to do? Okay, so we what we did we we decided we're going to start support groups and prayer meetings via zoom we have monday prayer meetings monday prayer meetings it started on april the 6th so almost a year ago we started on zoom at 6 30 a.m and 7 30 p.m and you know we have more people come at the 6 30 time Um, prior to the pandemic quite honestly it was hard it was hard to try to get people to gather together but with this the way we've been doing it on Zoom, um, we've got a, a really a consistent group of people. It makes it a lot easier to gather, and it's been a really, really good time. So in the morning time, we've got about a dozen regulars in the morning, and we have about eight in the evening who show up for these prayer meetings. And it started out that we'd pray for, like, the pandemic. We'd pray for our church. We'd pray for our country. But as we've gotten to know each other, as we gather together, we could laugh together. We'll talk about all kinds of different things. We'll talk about food and recipes. We'll talk about things that are going on in our lives that we can share with each other to pray for each other. And so what I'd like to do, too, is I'd like to invite you to come on Mondays, either at 6.30 a.m. or 7.30 p.m. And you can check out how to do that by going to the, our, our church uh, app or to look at um, our church website, or you can contact me as well. Another group that we started on April the 7th was the Health Workers Support Group. One of my daughters is an emergency department nurse and the other works in administration and projects, kind of uh, things at the, in a healthcare field. And hearing from them, reading in the papers, hearing on the news, all the different stresses that healthcare workers were going through I thought, we need to find a way to come alongside the healthcare workers in our church. And so we started this group on April the 7th. And it's been really a good time to really hear them share what's going on, uh, not only in their work, but also in their lives. But also we have a group of prayer people that also come together. And to hear more about it, I'd like to invite uh, Prudence Liu to come up. And Prudence is going to share a testimony about being in this group.
1: Good morning, church family. My name is Prudence Liu. Me and my family has been attending Evergreen SGV for the past seven years. In this time of living life alongside this community, I have come to realize and adopt a very, very important lesson in vulnerability. Thinking back, the area in which I struggle most to be vulnerable is in my work. I'm a nurse practitioner and a proud one at that. I've always prided myself on being self-sufficient, the one who most people looked up to as working the hardest and doing the most. This image of being capable at work had never been harder to maintain until, like many of us, the pandemic changed everything. Early on in the pandemic, there was this deep, deep guilt building up inside me from not helping enough
2: on the front lines to help others. Because I had been placed in an admin position at work. During that time, I was not the one working directly with patients. Therefore, the thought of, I'm not putting myself, I'm putting my staff out there in the front lines, risking their lives and helping the ones That thought began to break me down. In that same year, I had also transitioned from building that very own team to closing it down. Close it down completely and sending my staff and my coworkers home with severance pay. It was a really hard time for me. And at home, like many of us, we
1: too had struggled with tensions, emotions that were caused by isolation or just too much togetherness. We had lost our beloved grandfather, and we had to grieve and show support in ways that were so foreign to us. Thankfully, God always remains merciful. I saw his mercy in the forming of small groups that began sprouting up at the start of the lockdown. Some that I have grown especially close to are the healthcare worker prayer group that's led by Pastor Ron, and a small women's Bible study that's led by Vera Christian. We meet regularly via Zoom, rain or shine, which is easier in Zoom, in our best outfits, or if you're like me, most of the time I'm in my pajamas, Through meeting with these groups regularly, I felt the binding power of the church family in meeting brothers and sisters that I could relate to in areas such as work or at home. I saw the power in corporate prayer, but most importantly, through these deeply relational processes, I was able to overcome my inability to be vulnerable in telling my groups of my pain, my failures, and my sin. That used to be so much easier for me to just live with it and move on. An example to better illustrate how God has helped me through these groups is through this ceramic-making process that my son shared with me a few weeks ago. He taught me that in order to connect two pieces of clay together, he needs to cut a bunch of tiny, tiny lines on both ends where he wants to connect them together. And then instead of just mash them together with the untreated, smooth surfaces... And this very process of cutting is called scoring. This is the only way these pieces would survive the thousand degree heat of a furnace and remain connected without exploding. And they will come out in one piece, a beautiful and useful vessel to be enjoyed by the potter oftentimes we need to go through this very painful and lengthy process of scoring with one another, which is allowing ourselves to be cut open, metaphorically. Whether it be allowing our insecurities to show or confronting some deep sin in order to properly adhere to each other as a community. When we as Christian brothers and sisters walk with one another in Christ, when we allow each other to see our vulnerable sides, and when we give permissions for one another to speak truth and love to us and to pray for one another, I find myself adhering to the truth and connecting with Christ on a deeper level. As we walk together on this narrow road, brothers and sisters, as we lament, grieve, heal, and grow together, we will come out the heat in one piece, a beautiful and useful vessel to be enjoyed by our maker. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you, Prudence. So in addition to the prayer meetings on Mondays, the healthcare care uh, support group, we also have a single parent support group. So w- when the pandemic started, there was talk about parents having or kids not being able to go to school, parents having to do the um, s- students having online learning from home. I imagine how difficult it must be for the parents, but especially how difficult it must be for a single parent. And so we started a a support group for single parents on April the 30th. We also have something called the PEARL Support Group for Women with Chronic Illnesses. PEARL stands for Prayer, Encouragement, Acceptance, uh, Receiving, and Listening. And this group started on June the 11th, and they've Recently started up again, and you can talk to either Joyce Noe or Joyce Salgado about that group, the Pearl Support Group for Women with Chronic Illnesses. Matt and Eugenia Dare have had a desire to pray for our nation, and so on July the 28th, they started these meetings on Tuesday evenings. And at first, they were going to go up through the election. But I really feel like it's like the Lord's speaking to them. They thought they'll go through the inauguration. Then they still decide to continue every other Tuesday. It says every Tuesday, I think, on your notes, but it's every other Tuesday. But it's another example, have the Lord put something on their hearts, and they're following the Lord's lead in praying for our nation. And Matt and Jenny are over there for those that are here, if you want to talk to them more about the group later. So these are some of the new ministries that have started up since the pandemic. Ministries that started, again, as the Lord put uh, these thoughts on people's hearts and into their minds. And there's other existing ministries that are still going on that are support groups, such as TLC, Tender Loving Caregivers, and Married Couples in Christ. But walking together with people doesn't have to be a formal ministry of our church nor does it have to be weekly or monthly or a regular meeting. It just might be meeting with one person, one on one, for a limited time or for a certain season. So it's walking together with someone on your own. So maybe the Lord brings someone to mind. Maybe you talk to someone and the Lord puts someone on your heart. So again, it might not be a formal, organized ministry of the church, but maybe the Lord is leading you to walk together with someone for a certain season. And I'd like uh, Fred Kawashima to come up and share about um, how he's walking with people. Fred is actually part of the Healthcare uh, Workers Support Group, and he's also walking with with someone else, too.
3: Good morning. Um, I've been extremely uh, blessed to be part of two significant support groups within the last year. One is the Healthcare Support Group uh, over Zoom, and the other is a specifically personal one where Pastor Ron and I meet weekly with a brother who is persevering through a significant health challenge. I was asked to be part of the healthcare support group, even though I am not a healthcare professional. The other one where Pastor Ron and I meet with his brother is one I felt an overwhelming conviction. Not guilt, but a knowing. It's like you know that you know that this is what you're supposed to do. So that he and his family would not have to endure this alone. In both cases, I was not qualified, just available. What profound words of wisdom and direction could I offer? Very little. But I could listen to them, I could listen to the prompting and direction of the Holy Spirit. And I could show my love and concern by spending time with them to pray, to exhort. Ensure share my own struggles and victories, to empathize, to show compassion, to be present. I consider myself a cheerleader. I can cheer and exhort others onward when they feel weary. One thing I'm confident in this, very, very confident in is with every trial, God provides commensurate grace for us to endure it and that he is going to do something big something profound and transforming, else why would he waste a trial? Since I have this perspective, I I get very excited to be part of these support groups because I get to witness what the Lord will be doing in the lives within these groups. This builds my faith and I am blessed. I reached this point in my life where I was willing to invest time into these support groups and people Through my own suffering, the refining of fires and trials, deep pain and heartache. That has transformed my heart to be more humble, compassionate, grateful, and generous, more than I have ever been. It's been a slow developing road to spiritual maturity. My prayer for many years has and still is to see and love others the way Jesus did, a work in progress indeed. Remember the story in John six, the feeding of the five thousand, and the boy with five loaves and two fish. He didn't have much to offer, but he was present. He was there, and abashedly offered the little he had when asked. I try to be that little boy. I don't have much to offer, but I can be. But I can be. Um, but I can give the little that I have and be present by saying yes to Jesus and give my time and transparent testimonies of God's faithfulness and allow the Lord to multiply it for its glory. In every situation where I'm willing to step into something new and feel uncomfortable, like I do right now, I'm blessed more than the recipient. It's kind of funny how that works. The giver becomes the recipient. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Fred. I really appreciate both Prudence and Fred just being able to be willing to come up and share their testimonies because they are they add so much to these groups and these times. And and um, I just really appreciate Fred's heart for just walking, wanting to walk alongside people. You know, he's the one that really wanted to walk alongside this one brother, and he, I was able to join him in doing this. So I appreciate both Fred and Prudence for. Their testimonies and just for the example of their lives. So, support groups, prayer meetings, walking with someone on your own. Uh, the Lord might put also on our heart and lead us to, and this isn't in your notes, but it should have been another point that I forgot to put in. Walk together with someone, not on a regular basis. I didn't know how else to say it. <laughs> Walk together with someone, not on a regular basis basically to try to encourage someone. It's walking together with someone that's not, again, not necessarily in a formal or ongoing or a long-term situation. It might be periodic. It might even just be one time that you want to connect with someone to encourage them, to pray for them. It's basically being aware of what the Father is doing, like in John five nineteen, and being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, for example, say you're... You're just going about your business, some, you know, you're in your house or wherever you might be, and someone comes to mind, like, oh, I'm thinking about Fred. Why am I thinking about Fred? And you could say, oh, that's a random thought. I don't know why I'm thinking about Fred. And so sort of just go on your way. Or you could bring that thought to the Lord. You can ask the Lord, Lord, maybe you brought that person to mind for a specific reason that you want me to pray for them. So Lord, if that's the reason, then what do you want me to pray for that person? And so sometimes you might, even like if you're at the market, say you go to a market, and sometimes I'm at the market, and I think, oh, there's so-and-so over there, and then I look closer, no, it's not so-and-so that I thought who it was. But maybe in those kind of situations, what you can do, or what I try to do, is I'll pray for that person who I thought was someone, but it's not that person. So, Lord, I pray for that person. Lord, if they don't know you, I pray for their salvation. Lord, I pray if they do know you, but strengthen their walk with you, Lord. And then I'll pray for the person that, I thought it was. So, for example, if it's Fred, then I'll pray for the person that looked like Fred, and then I'll pray for Fred, like, Lord, how do you want me to pray for Fred? Or just what comes to mind. Fred, or Lord, whatever's, whatever Fred's going on in his day with his work, or, you know, Lord, just bless him, guide him, encourage him, whatever it might be. Then what you might want to do is you might want to text or email, or maybe even call the person. But even just texting or email makes it really easy. And, you know, you could just tell them, hey, hey, Hi, so and so. Um, You know, the Lord brought you to mine and I prayed for you. You know, Lord bless your day. And then sometimes someone might write back to you and say, you know, they might say thank you, or someone might say, well, thank you. That timing was good. I was going through something, and, you know, then you get encouraged as well. Or maybe, I don't know about you, but I like listening to worship songs on YouTube. And as I'm listening to songs, sometimes someone would come to mind that I think maybe this song would encourage someone. So I would, you know, put Click the share part of the YouTube and text it or email it to someone that maybe, again, here's a song that might encourage you, it really encouraged me, something like that. So it's being aware what the Lord might be doing and how he might be uh, leading you. So whether in a time of a pandemic or not, may we be a people who, like it says in Isaiah forty three nineteen, that we're ones who are aware of what God is doing and like Jesus in John 5 19 that we can see and do what the Lord is doing you know I've heard a lot of talk and maybe you heard a lot of talk too about people talking about wanting to get back to normal you know let's get back to normal I can't wait Uh, the way things were in the past before the pandemic uh, began in in some areas and in some things it's like yeah I can't wait to get back to what was normal before what we did before but maybe in other ways, the Lord doesn't want us to do um, what we did like we did it before. Maybe the Lord wants us to do something new. Maybe the Lord wants us to do something different. Or whatever we're doing before, to do it maybe in a different way than what we're doing before. In Isaiah forty-three nineteen, God says, Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I hope that you and I will be aware of what the Lord might want to do, um, what He might want us to do in this particular season. And I hope and pray that we'll be a people who are walking close together with the Lord so that we can know Him better and so that we can follow His lead in walking together with people. And as we do that, as we draw closer to the Lord, know Him, and follow His lead, that we will see the Lord working around us we'll see the lord working in and through our lives so that as it says in isaiah 43:21 that we will be the people of god whom he has formed and who will declare his praise okay let's pray thank you lord for this for the things that you are doing in our lives for the ways that you desire us to know you in deeper ways for the ways that you you say who we are who you desire us to be, what you desire us to do. Lord, I pray that we'll be a people so close to you that we will be aware of the things that you're doing. And Lord, I pray that as we live our lives, as we go through this time, even as uh, things are changing regarding the pandemic, Lord, I pray that we will be able to do the things that you want us to do, that we will get out of this time of maybe some isolation time, maybe not meeting with people um, in, in, in the way that, you know, not being able to go out and things like that, Lord. I pray, God, that if there's things that you want us to glean from this time, maybe extra time with you, maybe times with our family, times to connect uh, with, with friends or people that we wouldn't have thought of otherwise, Lord, that you will show us what those things are. And I pray, God, that as we come into this new season... As things start to open up, Lord, as, as we might be able to come back to uh, worship together here in person in the sanctuary, hopefully one day soon, Lord. Lord, that we will see what you want us to do. Lord, is there something new that you want us to do? Is there something that we're doing that you don't want us to do anymore? Is there something that we're doing that you want to do in a different way? Lord, help us to be a people who know you and who know what you want us to do, Lord. That when you do something new, that we can say, yes, Lord, we're aware of what you're doing and help us to follow you, Lord. Lord, give us the power of your Holy Spirit within us to be able to be the people you call us to be, to do the things that you call us to do for your kingdom and for your glory. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.